everyone, and welcome to the Contingency Plan Podcast. My name is Jedi Master David, and with me today is uh, someone from a parallel universe or an alternate universe, but uh, they have ships, uh, but they're far more militaristic than, wait, maybe we are, I don't know, Uh, different universe. But anyway, we have uh, Chase, uh, Captain Chase here, and I also sometimes uh, contribute to his podcast. I'll let him talk about that, but how's it going, Chase? Hey, everyone. Hey, David. So good to be here again. It is hot, and I mean hot here in Texas. Yeah, it's it's not quite as hot as you have it in Texas, but it is hot, and it's muggy here in Ohio, so Mustafar has spread <laughs> spread across the continent. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty nuts. But, um, yeah, it's been a little while. I think the last uh, show we did here was you, me, and Eric, and we talked about 1999 and the significance of Star Wars in 1999. At least I think that that was the last time I had you on, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that was the last time that we all had a, had a conversation just talking, um, you know, what pop culture and what just what the landscape looked like, you know, in that time frame. And I think we were all, like, the same age, you know, like 12, yeah. 11, 12 years old when that sucker came out in 99, so... Yeah, yeah that, that was a fun conversation. The, the, the only thing that sticks out in my mind really was when we started talking about, like, toys from, like, Taco Bell or something, you know, Pizza Hut and Taco Bell, the, the, all, all the toys, and then the cans, the commemorative uh, yes. Pepsi uh, product cans with all the faces from uh, episode one. So, yeah, it's good to have you back, though. And uh, today, th- this is kind of going to be an, an offshoot episode, me and the Darth still have been running through Bad Batch, and I'll probably ask you about that, because you've been watching Bad Batch, right? I have, yeah. Okay, so we'll ask you about that a little later. And then comics, too, which, coincidentally, you also have a comic you're kind of getting into as well, so that's good. But uh, but today we're going to kind of have Chase walk us through his Clone Wars experience, because haven't watched it before this, correct? Right, that's correct. And you have completed all the seasons. You, you've you've ramrodded all the way through. Got your That's wife right. involved. She even watched it with you. And yeah, we uh, got a hammerhead Corvette and just rammed right through. <laughs> and then also, uh, now we were talking about it beforehand. Uh, you're working your way through Rebels now. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I think we're around. Um, at least at the time of this recording, we're around episode like 12 or 13 of season two of rebels. So like we had just met princess Leia, um, spoilers by the way, but anyways, just met her. Yeah. I don't, I don't care about spoilers on this. If they don't know, (laughs) then they don't know. Well, the the thing was, is that we, um, it's been a little while now, but we went through, uh, resistance because that was one that I never watched. Um, and really didn't have any access to watch because I haven't had cable until Disney plus comes around. Sure. And, uh, I mean, there was kind of a reason why I didn't watch it, <laughs> but, uh, is what it is. And maybe you'll watch through that too, but I'll tell you what, that one is, um, is a ton more like kid, kid friendly, kid centric, I think. So, um, so let, let's start with some current events and we'll hop into clone wars. But so what have sure. you thought about bad batch so far? We're seven episodes in. And so like a pretty good chunk of the season, almost halfway through, how's it, how's it been feeling to you? Um, I mean, so far I've enjoyed it. I mean, 
I was so I, I won't get sidetracked. We can talk about it later if you want to. But um, I've noticed that when it comes to like my consumption of like m- TV or what newer Star Star I almost said Star Trek Star Wars, um, I've done it backwards. I've done like my whole like experience backwards, and it, it's like I'm a Benjamin Button when it comes to like this this Star Wars stuff right now. So. Um, watching Bad Batch, uh, I, I, I hadn't seen, um, season seven of, of Clone Wars at that time. So I didn't really get the significance. So, you know, I've really enjoyed it. Um, and in fact, I, I think I text you almost every Friday yeah. night after I, while I, either while I'm watching or after I'm watching it to talk to you about some stuff. And, um, I remember really liking the first episode, even though it was kind of slow, at, at parts, but I enjoyed watching like the different perspectives of order 66 being carried out. And I remember asking you like texting you like, Hey, who's that kid <laughs> that just ran away from the bad batch? Yep. And then you were like, Oh, that's like Kanan jars. I'm like, okay. I know. I didn't know who that was at the time, but it, it was interesting. So I, I've been enjoying it and man, I was like terrified that Wrecker was going to actually, like, you know, 86 or something Omega in the, the most recent episode. Like, that was just, that was too much. I'm like, will they, won't they kind of moment. And I, and I heard you, I think, discussing that at one point um, on a recent episode that you recorded. Yeah, and, and obviously that's that's this week's episode where we get a little bit more in depth than that. But I think the big thing is, as we kind of roll into your thoughts on Clone Wars, a series, Clone Wars is a pretty dark series, realistically. And this was kind of the first moment in Bad Batch where we actually got pretty dark with um, with Sid kind of showing her true colors as like this uh, giver of jobs and and how bounty hunters generally generally live, you know, kind of job to job and they're always in debt which has been well-documented in a lot of books, including Aftermath, which is uh, a parallel that I made in this last episode. And then just the the final sort of, you know, flip of the switch for Wrecker's chip. And, I mean, I, I think you can do a lot of what-ifs, but the thing is, is what if Rex hadn't been able to stun him at the very end? Right. I mean, <laughs> Omega is probably dead at that point. It was, you know, you can't fight, you can't fight the order. You know, that's why getting rid of the chip was so, you know, needed. Um, right. There was a lot about that episode that was kind of a little janky. Like, how was there power to this medical facility in a ship that looked like it did? And if it's all scavenged, wouldn't they have taken away power and whatever? generated power for the ship first along with like weapons and med supplies mm-hmm. and food, but Hey, whatever suspend disbelief a little bit. They had to get there somehow. Sure. Um, sure. but it takes away that plot device potentially for, for later. But yeah, it got a little scary. Cause like of all, of all the bad batch, that's probably the sc- just with his raw strength is probably to me, the scariest member. Right. Just from Rec- like a, I think- a murdery standpoint. <laughs> Wrecker and Tech. Let me see if I can do my best in New Zealand. Wrecker and Tick. Is that, is that good? Yeah. I probably butchered it. It's fine. It's people people bad. in New Zealand, I'm sorry. Sorry, New Zealand. <laughs> um, 
No, but like Wrecker and Tech are my my favorite of the Bad Batch, and I was really worried that that was going to be something like, especially like during the surgery, like yeah. oh shoot, like am I about to lose my favorite? one of my favorite members of the Bad Batch. And, I mean, I remember you and you and the Darth talking about, like, if they cut someone or if they kill someone off, who's it going to be? And I, I think Wrecker was on, like, the hit list that y'all were talking about at one point. I'm like, no, 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 this can't be the episode. No way. But um, one thing that was really cool that I really enjoyed, I got to have a nerdy moment because you got to remember, I'm like Benjamin Button when it comes to the Star Wars thing, that... Like, I really started getting into Star Wars again from playing Jedi Fallen Order. Right. So whenever they said Bracca, I was like, ooh, I've been there. This is cool. <laughs> We're going to a place that I know about. I've been to Bracca. Yeah. And um, anyway, so that, that, was, that was fun. Yeah, and I, Bad, Bad Batch was one of those that it, it was created years ago. The episodes were essentially done, and then they just never did the final season of Clone Wars until later. Um, so I, I knew about, I had watched leaked stuff from that. Like, I don't even know how long it was, but it was like a long time ago. And then we watched basically a ton of the first episode again at Celebration in 2019. So like, this is a show that I, I already knew about. And I knew about the Bad Batch, but they are kind of a part from everything else. So to make it a show, it's kind of something that people... Sort of like Mandalorian. I feel like you can jump into it a little bit. But if you really want to get in depth, you can hit up Clone Wars and then figure out the whole the whole nine yards. Because now, now that we've met Rex in this iteration, that's something you kind of have to look back on and, and figure out who Rex actually is. Uh, whether that be through, you know, whatever season of whatever show you choose. Because he pops up a few times here and there. And heck, I've been, I've he's, been, he was probably on the forest moon of Endor. I mean, that's kind of confirmed. So, yeah, he was the old guy who was there. So he just lives a very long time. Yeah, like whenever I like I went to um, the Wikipedia or whatever, looking up right. different things, and you go to Rex's uh, page, and, of course, you see the picture of the old guy as part of the Endor strike team yep. in return. I'm like, really? That Okay, cool, I, I guess. I mean... Uh, they did have accelerated aging. They weren't meant to last forever. And he was a generation one clone. Um, so is it again, sometimes you have to suspend disbelief. We, 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 you know, we can't just make up words like on the starship enterprise. Okay. Just make up science words and explain it all in, <laughs> in a cute 45 minute episode. But of course that's kind of why I like star Trek is they actually do explain stuff, but with star Wars a little different. So, but I'm glad I'm glad that you're liking Bad Batch. I you know the the weird thing is, and I I've I've said this a couple of times. I think I think Disney, Lucasfilm, whatever Star Wars in general made some mistakes during the pandemic when they didn't release High Republic when it was slated to be. I think that that was a huge mistake because it left a gap, and then yeah. so much got pushed to this year, and you know. I know it doesn't mean a lot or it shouldn't mean a lot, but when Mandalorian was going through first or second season, they were the first banner up on Disney plus on Friday. So when you pull up the app or whatever, it's always the first banner Mandalorian, the first, maybe two episodes of bad batch. It was the first banner, but now like this past week, 
I think we even said it in the show, it was like the 10th banner. And that's, that gets me a little worried. Um, and I know it's animated. I know not a lot of adults are like buying Disney plus like they did for Mandalorian to watch it. But I do hope that people are watching it because it is getting, it is getting good. I actually think that it's getting good. The only thing is what is your season, uh, plot? Because like with, with a lot of things, you know, just a lot of series in general, there's always like that underlying plot. Mm-hmm. And is it just we have to figure out what Omega is or, or what she is or how she's significant or does that matter? Or is there going to be like another big bad guy? I mean, we kind of talk a little bit about the Fennec Shan already coming through and I'm not I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of seeing her. I, I, I think it's just a tie-in really more for the character. I'm not a huge bounty hunter guy. I've never been a big bounty hunter guy, and we've, we've ragged on the bounty hunter comic, like, terribly. <laughs> terribly mm-hmm. on the show. But I'm not a big bounty hunter guy. Book of Boba is another one that'll be coming, and I, I'm not sure. It might be okay. It just all depends. But, yeah, I mean, well, who, who sent Fennec Shan? Eh. Maybe that's somebody that'll be interesting. I really don't know, but at this time yeah. period, uh, yeah. But right now they're just basically mercenaries, uh, and I'm just kind of wanting that bit of larger plot point, maybe. But that's right. just me. I just like the. Maybe I'm just overthinking it. I don't know, but so Mando. Mando takes place, what is it, like about five years after Return? Is that right? Uh, I, yeah, I, I don't, you know what, off the top of my head, I don't remember the exact time frame, but it is after Return. I want to I say it is. Um, so, I mean, we got 18, right, 18 years, 15, eight, eight, 18 years from Return to, uh, what, New Hope, or is it 19 years, something like that? Mm-hmm. Plus, we got like about like, I think two or three years in between each of like four, five, and six. So we're looking at like maybe 20, some on close to 30 years, maybe. Like, just let's go with like 25 years, just nice round number. Mm-hmm. And like, just the way that she's like, her character model is in Bad Batch just does not line up with Ming Na. In how in how she looks in um, Mando to me, yeah, I I, I get it. It, yeah, <laughs> that's that's another one of those suspend disbelief things that we sometimes have to do. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> I'm a Star Trek fan, which means you know, I think. I'm no, I, I, I trust me, I I get it. Hey, you know, you you spent like maybe five to seven minutes in a recent episode that you did. Of Bad Batch, I think it was like your episode three review, talking about like us, you know, Star Trek nerds. Oh, I, oh, I listen to that. <laughs> oh, I know all about that. No, I would never diss another fandom nor <laughs> attempt to, uh, you know, dehumanize anyone to their base base pair sequences mm. or whatever. So I can't. I don't. I'm I'm a little tired. I can't think of science words. Okay, no science words here today. <laughs> Midichlorians. Yeah, okay, because we really <laughs> want to talk about those. 
Oh man. Well, let's go ahead and and uh, jump into into Clone Wars a little bit. So, I, I definitely want to hear mostly from you here. Obviously, I'll try and add a few things, but how was it going through this? Because for me, you know, first, second, maybe third time through, it it, it was always a pretty overwhelming experience to just think about the scope and the breadth of how much is in Clone Wars and how much it can change. And sometimes it's a bit out of sync time-wise. So mm-hmm. what, what were your kind of first impressions like starting Clone Wars? So I got to go on the Wayback Machine because I remember when this came out, like when it was like first being announced, like way back when, I think it was like 2008, thereabouts. Yeah. And I saw like some of the the images or the ad, the advertisements for it and I'm like mm, hard pass on that one don't don't want to and I mean again I wasn't the biggest Star Wars fan I mean I remember growing up I was a Star Wars fan right um, but definitely more in the, the Trek land and the thing Davey you probably don't know this about me but uh, my wife definitely knows this and some other friends of mine know this but um, it Sometimes it takes me a while to actually take someone's show suggestion and to actually watch it. So, like, case in point with The Office. Like, Office, no. That's not funny. I am not going to watch The Office. But I'll watch Parks and Rec. Figure that one out. Well, I actually thought Parks and Rec was funny. I thought The Office was trying to be too much of a parody. I I didn't really care for The Office. It just always felt too cringy for me. Yeah. So it took me going to Virginia to um, a residency for like strangers I had met that week to convince me to watch watch The Office, and I enjoyed it. And uh, I go, so I started watching The Clone Wars. There's a point to this. I, I finally started watching The Clone Wars in the fall. Okay, and um, you know, you, me, and Eric, we would do like weekly um, episodes in my podcast for like. The, the episodes that were dropping weekly and stuff like that and the reviews that we were doing for them. And I heard y'all talking about it, like, I think pre-show sometimes, even mm-hmm. post-show sometimes yeah. about Clone Wars. I heard my graphic designer uh, for my, my company talk about it. And, like, and, and like the youth pastor at my church was, like, <laughs> gaga over it. And I'm like, well, I guess I should check it out, at least. And... um in fact, I had watched, or not watched, I had started reading um, Heir to the Empire at the same time that I started watching Clone Wars. So that was back in like October, November time frame, I want to say. Right. Maybe November, December, whatever it was. And I remember feeling really, really confused watching the first season. Like this story, this narrative is just all over the place. Like I can't, I can't keep up like... Maybe this is like a like they're doing these serialized, like not these serials, but just these serials, like this on purpose, kind of like they would have done like in the '40s, like with you know World War II era or something, mm-hmm. and like what what the, the cinema landscape looked like then. And it, I mean, not gonna lie, it was a struggle getting through season one. And season two got better, but season three I remember really liking, especially like when the character models changed. Yeah, uh, I feel like that was like a really like distinct point when I feel like the show really picked up. Um, and I really, really enjoyed it for some reason. Um, it was weird. It was different seeing 
like Anakin and Obi-Wan in like Stormtrooper armor, basically, with like a little Jedi Order logo on it. That was just weird for me. Uh, or cl- sorry, not Stormtrooper, Clone, yeah, Trooper, Clone armor, Trooper. But you guys right. you yeah. get it. But it was I mean it was different. It was it was very weird. I can't remember if it was season two or three that was more of a focus on the bounty hunters, but I think it was two, because I wasn't too crazy about like the whole bounty hunter and pirate focus. Um that they did it like during one of the seasons. I'm like, can we just get through this? Yeah. One of the weird things that does sort of permeate through the, through the series is, is some of the bounty hunters, most notably like Cad Bane, um, Hondo Anaka and, you know, the pirate stuff. And then they also like to scatter these like droid episodes, which are probably my least favorite. Mm -hmm. Star Wars has a problem with uh, sassy droids. Everybody has to have a sassy droid. You know, 3PO could get sassy. K2SO in Rogue One was a sassy droid. The comics are full of sassy narration droids. It gets a little old, but uh, but yeah, there, there were definitely um, <laughs> definitely uh, some themes with the, with the pirates and the bounty hunters. But don't you worry, Chase, as you view Rebels. There will be more. Oh, I love Chopper. I'm a big fan of Chopper. Chopper I love Chopper fun. so much. Yeah. Yeah. He, and, and he's he's like voiced, air quotes, by Dave Filoni, which is fantastic. Yeah. yeah Ch- Chopper's uh, definitely a fan favorite in the droid category. I, I think that some of some people might even like him a little bit better than R2 at times. That That's that's sacrilegious right there. <laughs> well, I, you know, I'll allow it, but. Just as long, <laughs> just as long as nobody says Bucket is their favorite droid, because if that, and you won't know what that is. Hopefully you don't. Don't worry about it. You don't need to. That's resistance, by the way. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Continue on with your with your Genesis into Clone Wars story. So, um, yeah, like one of the, so part of like again, like it taking me forever to take people's suggestions to like start shows. I kept hearing about people like losing their collective mind over this Ahsoka character. I'm like, okay, cool. You like this Ahsoka chick or Jedi or what? I knew nothing about her. Right. And I see her the first time and I'm like, that's what people are going all crazy over. Like for real. And then like you watch her, her development. And I watched this one video, uh, and it wasn't from Dave Filoni, but it was like how Dave Filoni fixed Ahsoka in four episodes and how she was like written specifically to be annoying so that she could be redeemed and become like a fan favorite or something like that. I'm like, that's genius if that's actually what happened. And um, anyways, my wife and I, we are totally on the Ahsoka hype train. I mean, y'all can't see me, but I'm wearing an Ahsoka shirt right now for crying (laughs) out loud. Um, So, yeah, like, I think Ahsoka is definitely in my top three, probably my top two Jedis. Jedi? Jedis. Deer, deers? Yeah, just Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Jedis. No, just (laughs) My favorite Jedis. Is it goose? (laughs) Is it goose? Gooses? Geese? Geeses? (laughs) Uh, The English language is very, very fun. Yeah, Ahsoka is one of those characters that, yeah, obviously a lot of people were not really on the Ahsoka train in the early stages, but I mean, now, much beloved character and, and the reception to bringing her live action 
in Mandalorian mm-hmm. is um, what was. I don't think that there. I don't think that I saw any negative reactions aside from some to the actress who did the portrayal, but that's a different story. Um, but yeah, th- there's been a lot of leeway given for for Ahsoka, and then um, the Ahsoka book is also very good, which kind of chronicles her time uh, post Clone Wars. I was about to just drop a bunch of names that you probably haven't heard yet, so never mind. Um, it's fine. It's fine. But uh, but yeah, no, ah- Ahsoka, huge part all the way up to the very to the very end, um, for sure. So, mm-hmm. did you have a? I mean, let's put Ahsoka aside now that she's grown with you. But did you have like a character early on that you kind of like latched on to? I think mainly Obi-Wan, I think, is, like, the main one that that I I wanted to, like, know what he was doing the most, um, more so than, like, Anakin or anyone on the Jedi Council or... Um, I mean, like, some of the Dooku stuff was interesting because you actually got to see, like, an active, uh, robust, I guess... Um, <laughs> Sith Lord. Yeah. For the most part, instead of like just, I mean, not, not, nothing against uh, Christopher Lee, but he just walked around and did like an exposition dump in um, Attack of the Clones and like one, well, yeah, Attack of the Clones because he was in like, what, a minute of revenge, I think. Right. Yeah. Obviously, you know, we both appreciate Christopher Lee for a lot of different things. Right. Um, you know, Obviously, being in the Lord of the Rings trilogy, but aside from that, he was a uh, a great kind of like creature villain actor for for a long mm-hmm. time. True story. Um, but yeah, he <laughs> he he was obviously a much older Dooku than kind of what you saw here, and like in the audio drama, uh, which was also more of an exposition of his entire life. Uh, so that was very cool because Count Dooku is a crazy OP character just in general from his start. He was tra- uh, trained by Yoda um, and then obviously fell to the dark side, but not not in the same way as like Maul or, or Anakin did, you know? So interesting character. It is good. It is good to explore to explore that. And then even at times you get into the, the politics of the separatists as well. There was even one episode where you meet the separatist Senate, you know, that Mm -hmm. they had. So that was, um, that was always kind of fun. Um, so, but I agree with you. Obi-Wan was always one that I think, I think a lot of people latched on to Obi-Wan because he's, he's awesome. James Arnold Taylor did a fantastic job voicing Obi-Wan like for, for maybe like an episode or two. I was like, did they actually bring in Ewan to, <laughs> to voice him? Cause like this, this is pretty good. This actually sounds like, like Ewan for crying out loud, but they didn't. Yeah. Now I, I guess, I guess we can kind of talk a little bit about the, the voice actors because these are, it's, it's important to put the right voice to the right character. Um, I'd agree. I think one of the, one of the big, I, hmm, 
I think one of the most well seen, I suppose, is is probably Ashley Eckstein, uh, just because she does so much. Um, but when you think about the sheer amount of voices that like Dee Bradley Baker uh, has has performed, um, I, I, I'm terrible with names, so I was actually trying to look up uh, look up the names. Uh, Matt Lanter, who um, you know was was Anakin, but he also did uh, he he was in Mandalorian. He was the one guy who got killed on the prison ship. <laughs> Poor guy. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. They brought him in. Um, uh, Tom Kane, uh, Yoda, and also did some narration. Uh, Catherine Tabor, who's Padme, which I always thought was great. Corey Burton is Count Dooku. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there's, I don't know, there, there's just such a such a wealth of of great voice acting in here that it's, um, well, and, and I mean, Katie Sackhoff, who has now voiced Bo-Katan, but then became live action Bo-Katan, so. Which is another reason why when Mando was going on and we all kind of discover that there's going to be an Ahsoka. So it was like, so you're going you're gonna to make up Ashley to come in here and do this, right? You know, she can do the poses and everything. She does it in pictures with people. She can do it, right? So I don't know. I, I, think, I think they've definitely tried to do as much as they could to honor the, the voice actors who, mm-hmm. who had this long-running show but also kind of move forward with it as well too. But great cast. Right. Yeah. Like Tom Kane. Um, I don't, I, I should have looked ahead of time, but um, I'm not aware, immediately aware of other projects that he's been on, but I always looked forward to like, you know, it gives you the option like skip or whatever. And I'm like, no, no, no. I want to hear what the dude has to say about this episode. Yeah. Like I, I loved, I loved how um, his, his mid-Atlantic accent that he did—that was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, um, and and his Yoda was was pretty good. It's not Frank Oz, but it was it was really good. It was really good. And uh, maybe I don't know if I'm like jumping the gun, but um, I loved Ian Abercrombie as Palpatine. Yeah, and I could. There was a noticeable difference when it went from um, him to. Um, Oh shoot! Name, um, I'm blanking right now. Freaking Frankenfurter from Rocky Horror. Um, help me out. Uh, Tim Curry. Tim Curry. Thank you. Goodness. So yeah, like I could, I could hear like Tim Curry like crazy, like when that shift happened, and Ian Abercrombie was phenomenal as Palpatine, just absolutely not that Tim Curry wasn't, but I could just, he just has like such a distinct voice. You can like tell very, yeah, very, very distinctive for sure. Cast also boasts. And I I always bring this up because like, (laughs) uh, when you talk about like famous voice actors, so Phil, Mm -hmm. Phil Lamar was, was also a voice actor in here. That's always a, a big one. It's like, uh, the the guy who um, voices uh, SpongeBob, I, I never Tom Kenny. Tom Kenny, yeah. He is he's done like it, it, it's incalculable. That guy has done so many voices that you just don't realize. And there there are, there are a couple in that in that particular circle that are I don't know they're they're just very versatile, extremely versatile, mm-hmm. but. Hey, if I could make a living in voice acting, that'd be pretty cool. But it, uh, so I, 
I uh, actually bought some books on voice acting and like learning how to like get into it and stuff. <laughs> and um, I actually had to sign an NDA on something. I'm being completely honest with you. You probably don't know this, but I actually signed an NDA because I voice a character in a video game that hasn't um, oh, dropped cool. yet. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm learning all this stuff about about all these friends. I just learned that another friend, who I'm not going to name now because he didn't lead off on that when we talked last and I asked how he was doing, and he didn't tell me that he is now an international uh, superstar actor. Sorry. Sorry, sorry, Mike. Mike Charles. That's his name. He's a good guy. But... Uh, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, he, he he's he's taking some acting gigs, you know, been out there doing yeah. his thing, and I thought I thought that was really cool. Um, but anyway, great cast, and uh, a lot of these folks we see in other other iterations as well. And it was also really cool to see them kind of united for season seven, uh, coming back into the fold was mm-hmm. was very cool as well. So l- let's move on a little bit uh, again, getting back in the scope of Clone Wars. So we've kind of talked about the start here, sort of the early latch on characters. What are some of your your favorite episodes or say or, or favorite moments or favorite arcs from from the show? Because I know you've texted me individually about a few things, but I'm sure there's a few others that you have in mind, too. Sure. And you're you're probably going to be changing your phone number soon. So I don't text you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> nah, Chase, shut up. <laughs> um, so. For me, uh, there's there's a few that come to mind, mainly because I've seen them more recently, and of course I was going nuts texting you about it. Um, again, having played Jedi Fallen Order, and there's a very for anyone that's played Fallen Order, you um, you know that you go to Ilum to get your your own Kyber crystal and build your own lightsaber at one point in the game, and it's a very it's like one of two it was one of two very emotional moments for me in that game uh was was going to Ilum and building your lightsaber and being able to see a place that I know you know from before like because like this this show like came out like way before Jedi Fallen Order did so like it was already out there for crying out loud and just seeing like the gathering and I'm like, ooh, I remember that archway, or ooh, I remember that that um, cave, or whatever. That was so cool. So like that whole arc of like the younglings and the gathering and going to Ilum and doing their own fear trial thing to have like the crystal call out to them, right? And then the um, like the two or three episodes that came after. I just love the mess out of the out of that arc. Um, Love the mess of. In fact, I, I one of the texts that I sent David was asking him about, um, like, are there any like books or comics or other whatevers that talk about like, you know, the gathering or Ilum or have Ilum as a, a main setting or Kyber crystals or whatever. And I think you had said like Ilum and the gathering stuff isn't really hit on much it's kind of like a missed opportunity in a certain to a certain extent. Yeah, I I, I couldn't remember anything that that really directly um, took place on Ilum. I mean, obviously this is, it's in Clone Wars and Fallen Order. It's also uh, where Star Killer Base was as well as we get along. But um, 
th- there is one problem that Star Wars has, and it's sometimes touching on some of those moments. Like, well, it's it's very well known. There is a deleted scene from the beginning of six where Luke is finishing constructing his lightsaber. And I think it's a bit of a cheat to not have had that. And the, the main Star Wars line comic is kind of, um, it actually shows him with a lightsaber that he found. So it's a temple guards lightsaber with a yellow blade and that he's been using in the interim between five and six. And I've always felt it was such a cheat not to see Luke Skywalker. He found the plans at Ben's hut and constructed his own lightsaber. That's a huge moment. And Fallen Order, you know, with that whole process of the customizing lightsabers and, and so forth, it's really, really cool to see that. And it's just not anything that we've, we've, really hit on very hard, especially in canon. Uh, I think that there are a few things that I can't bring off the top of my head from uh, Legends. I'd have to look into it. But in canon, it's it's just never been a highlight. And I feel like that's always been a missed opportunity for us. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But yes, so that, that, is a, that is definitely a good arc. I will agree with you there. The, the very next episode, like I was a puddle. Um, of a, of a fanboy, And the reason for that was it caught me completely. Like I knew, but I didn't know. Like, I, I remember hearing about like, uh, like years ago, years ago about like this one actor that was going to turn up in star Wars. And I was like, cool. Wasn't watching the shows. And then they just caught me completely off guard. I hear this, this droid that's been teaching younglings how to build lightsabers for generations. And it was voiced by none other than, David Tennant, who plays my doctor in Doctor Who. So just hearing David Tennant in Star Wars, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. This is this is awesome. And yeah, it, it, it was it was a very, very enjoyable, I guess like episode and a half. Cause like they get on the ship, um, was it Hondo? Like here thinks that like the Kyber crystals are like super valuable, tries to steal them. And then, like, shenanigans ensue. Younglings in the next episode have to pretend yeah. they're part of a circus act. And right. then, yeah. I was never a big Hondo guy. I mean, I, I understood the, the kind of foil that he plays. Um, but I, 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 I never, I don't know. I just never really cared. <laughs> I never really cared, cared for the character. Yeah. Um, and in the grand scheme of, like, of all the seasons and the, and the things that are dealt with, he is so minor. We deal with so much bigger things, <laughs> but there again, I also was never a huge Cad Bane fan. And that's a lot of people really like Cad Bane and they kind of, they wish there was more uh, of that. But again, mm-hmm. it's bounty hunter stuff. It's, it's never been my favorite. Mm-hmm. So what, what, what other episodes arcs were, uh, Sticking out to you there during your rewatch. My, my initial watch, right? My, my initial first watch. watch. Sorry, yes, initial yeah. watch. See, I take these things for <laughs> granted. I just expect you to have watched these things as many times as, <laughs> you know, everyone else in the universe. No, but actually getting back to your first assi- uh, uh, initial assessment when this came out, 
I didn't watch it the first time through either. As it was coming out, my brother did because he was younger. And, you know, sure. two, 2008, I was in college. <laughs> and I also didn't have cable <laughs> because we were dirt poor and couldn't afford it. Um, but, yeah, it, was, it didn't really feel like my thing then either. So I, I, mm-hmm. I get that I get that sentiment, but yeah, I was I was twenty one and I was all about Indiana Jones and Star Trek, and not and like I didn't even have Cartoon Network. Like I felt like Cartoon Network yeah. was like is that it, that's where it aired, right? Cartoon Network. Uh, yes, for the most part, and then it swapped over to another. Cha- but anyway, mainly on Cartoon Network, yes. And see, like I think back in the day, like you know, eleven, twelve. 13 years ago, whatever it was, like you had to pay extra, at least where I lived, you had to pay extra for Cartoon Network and like, nope, we're not getting that. Yeah. uh, I I know I've asked this before on your show. When did Enterprise come out? Enterprise was uh, September of 2001. Really? Yeah. I'll be darned. It came came out like two weeks after 9-11 happened. Okay. I don't know. For some reason, I thought it was around that same time frame. But anyway, I, I remember watching Enterprise. <laughs> Anything else? But anyway, sorry. Continue. It's okay. There were um, there were two. There was like one arc that I, I enjoyed for the most part, and I think it was like the final four episodes of season six. It was the Yoda one, and like learning how to be immortal. Mm-hmm. And just like, like the first, the first part of that four parter, you know, you see like this Smeagol looking thing that like, it's his dark side counterpart. And I'm like, that's kind of cool seeing Smeagol in star Wars. That was, that was kind of cool. Um, I mean like seriously, go back, go back and watch it. And it totally looks like him just like Smeagol with a little bit longer ears. I'm just saying. No, I get it. Um, I liked it. I really enjoyed that that arc. I enjoyed seeing like a different side of Yoda. Uh, people thinking he's kind of going crazy. I liked um, seeing Qui Gon Jinn, voiced by Liam Neeson, coming yep. back again. I think for like the second or third time in the show, which was really cool. Yep. Um, I do have questions though. Now that I'm into Rebels and I've seen Ezra get his Kyber crystal, I have questions about like how some things happened, but. Um, like after, after that, like it made me ask, ask some more questions like, hold on, is this what every Jedi is expected to do to like go to like the center of all life, hop on some lily pads, fight their dark side, go through these trials. And then maybe you'll be taught by some random like force ghost, how to become immortal. Because if that's the case, how in the world did, did Anakin after being Darth Vader for 19 years, instantaneously become a force ghost. Yeah. And, and, oh, and Obi-Wan was like in his, his little hermit hut for, you know, those 18, 19 years, he might've gone on an adventure. We'll find out in the Obi-Wan series, but yeah, I I remember he he had, he had Qui-Gon, he had Qui-Gon teaching him potentially how to like become immortal, but like, what, what happened, man? Yeah. That's, that's always been a kind of a sticking point. And I, I remember you had, sent me a text about that as you were sort of watching through and I mean with 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 Obi-Wan the idea is is that hopefully when we get the Obi-Wan series 
we also get the interaction between him and Qui-Gon as Qui-Gon leads him through this whole path that, you know, in A New Hope, he says, you know, make me more powerful than, you know, okay, sure. Um, so you can go, ooh, I'm a ghost. Don't do it. Don't do that, Luke. <laughs> Luke, don't kiss your sister. Oh, too late. Sorry. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the, 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 the Anakin thing or Vader, you know, depending on how you look at him at that point in history, is, is interesting. I think, uh, again, that's sort of one that's just sort of, well, you know, they, they, they kind of like, uh, you know, talk to him. Oh, it so it took Anakin no time to learn this like it took everyone else. Yeah, well, you know, maybe they like uh, stopped time or something, you know, like, it, you know, he's like dead. And then they just came <laughs> to him and, you know, OK, uh, sure. So they froze his head like Ted Williams. And, you know, that's how it. OK, got it. Um, yeah, the 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 entire thing there is a, is a little bit, I, I think, more of a happy ending than anything mm-hmm. else. Um, although I will say, I, I think, I I think one of my tangents I always get on is watching Anakin in Clone Wars and then obviously the movies, but specifically Clone Wars always makes me think about like what would have happened if he would have just let Mace, you know, impale (sighs) Palpatine, Mm -hmm. you know, just take, take, take care of it. Just what... I don't know. There's just, there's just so much. And then again, you know, we could talk about how the sequel trilogy kind of diminishes, you know, anyway, but yeah, that, that question I don't think has a solid enough answer, but I mean, Obi-Wan makes sense to me because his hermit lifestyle gave him time. Um, but yeah, the actually seeing Yoda kind of run through that was, was interesting. And that, that's another one that didn't stick in my mind until you started talking about it and it comes flooding back. But as far as then, you know, circling back to the, the whole getting your Kaiba crystals and, you know, facing your fears and, you know, maybe you get a ghost master, which, you know, there's not really that many of them, or maybe you have to fight a, Oh no, wait, I don't know where you're at. I better not say that. Um, anyway, I, I think that, I think that the Kyber crystal, the Kyber crystal story takes on a much larger, much larger theme because with Luke, he was just given a saber in the movies. He was, yeah. he was just given his father's saber. So he didn't really have to earn it. And then again, they cheapened it out because we didn't, we didn't get to see his whole journey aside from facing, uh, you know, kind of his fear, um, and his in quotations father on Dagobah. So it's kind of a mismatch of all of that. But I I think, I think the gathering, that whole thing is, is also one of my favorite parts of clone wars because you, you see these, you know, these young Padawans and they, they have to face, they have to face something. Getting a Kyber crystal is not easy. And although everything in there is basically Kyber, there's only one for you. Well, unless you're a Sokotano and, then like, you know, six to eight are technically yours in different places. <laughs> she she I mean, loses that, that sabers. Is, <laughs> that is a question that I have. Like maybe if, if we can just camp out like on the Kyber thing for a second, if that's all right. Yeah. Um, like we know that, I mean, Obi-Wan, he's got 
a blue lightsaber, right? I mean, he's got like his non-traditional Obi-Wan saber whenever he's still Qui-Gon's Padawan, you know, and, it, and he loses it or gets kicked down the shaft or whatever it is, you know, like at the end of, of Phantom. And then he goes and he gets a new one, you know, by the time Attack of the Clones happens. So, like, and even, like, with Luke, you know, he goes from blue to green, and we know, like, the green thing was because, of like, blue would have just, like, blended in with the sky when they were filming or, you know, doing shots or whatever for Return. So is there an explanation? This is, like, a genuine question. Is there an explanation somewhere, like, where, like, what happens if you lose your lightsaber or, like, the battery goes out on your lightsaber? Like, do you have to go, like, back to Ilum or wherever and, like, have a, a kyber crystal call out to you all over again or or what or can you just like go into a cave and be like yep that looks like a good one and just move on without having to face a trial again yeah so that that's um that's kind of the interesting thing about when we when we're dealing with um if you remember the scene where anakin and obi-wan are chasing the bounty hunter who attempted to assassinate padme and he drops his In saber attack. yeah yes and you know hold on to this. It's very important. You know, well, it actually is very important. Um, and I, I, I can't bring to mind what I'm trying to bring to mind, but I, I do know that there have been scenarios where, you know, people have went for Kyber crystals and they just haven't come out with one, uh, through one way or the other. But Ahsoka was always kind of an interesting one because, I th- I think she's had three it's at least three different iterations of sabers including the ones that like you know Anakin gave to her towards the end and then she even has a, a different pair at another time that you're not at yet. Uh well in Rebels in Rebels I've seen her fight the inquisitors and she busts out some white lightsaber. Yeah. So I know she has a white lightsaber. Yeah, so but she she's made her 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 you know, journey slash pilgrimage to, to sites. And, and I, I, apologize. I don't, I don't remember the, the site where she re, you know, got the, um, other Kyber crystals, but at any rate, yeah. I mean, if you, if you lose your saber and you, or you break your crystal or something happens to it where it's beyond repair, you have to effectively go back and get another one and, you know, kind of hope that you can make a connection with another Kyber crystal. And that's always kind of the interesting thing is that, so with, with a Jedi, you have to make a connection with one. And then on the converse side, the Sith, take it and break it. So effectively, any crystal could be a Sith crystal, but not every crystal can be your Kyber crystal. And that so also like- goes into effect about, uh, you know, with, with Obi-Wan coming back with a new saber. I've heard the question, oh, why didn't he just use Qui-Gon's saber? Well, it wasn't his saber. It wasn't his crystal. It was a cool saber. I had I had a toy one when I was a kid. It was pretty sweet. It's gone now, but so is it like going into Ollivanders, like in, in Harry Potter? Like you have to basically you have to effectively go to Ollivanders every single time. Like you can use anyone's wand, you can use anyone's saber, but it's not anywhere near as effective as it could be, unless you like had this bond with this particular kyber crystal with this particular wand and wand core basically right correct so i mean and that that's that's kind of one of the things that i i a lot of and i don't i don't want i don't want to like seem like a gatekeeper but it kind of is what it is you know casual fans who don't really deep dive into that it's not just a rock it's a living it's a living thing that you bond with and i mean likewise how we see 
and I know that it's not confirmed that Finn's Force-sensitive, but let's just say he's not. He ignited a lightsaber. He fought with a lightsaber. He fought okay with a lightsaber until he gave up his back and got a little slashy-slash. But at the same token, you know, yeah, you could use this. Well, Ray was using <laughs> was using Anakin's saber, too. It wasn't hers. And then eventually she makes her own, which was another thing we were cheated out of. Why in the heck couldn't we have shown that? <laughs> anyway, but yeah, it'll, it, 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 that's, that's a very apt comparison though. It'll never, it'll never feel like yours. I don't, it's, it's not, it's not that it won't work the same, but it, it won't feel the same. And you have to have that, that, that balance with everything, not just with your saber, but with yourself. Uh, so there, there has to be that, there has to be that complete balance for, for a Jedi to be, um, truly effective i uh I, I know i've talked to you about this we've we've joked about it in past episodes um even preparing for you know this recording that we're doing this episode that we're doing together um i mean i watched some stuff i listened to some stuff about kyber crystals too and like what each of them mean like in terms of like canon mm. and um like the i think it was the youtuber for this one that i watched was like which one would you have chosen and like every single time and i can go as far back to I think it was like 2000 when Jedi Power Battles came out in PlayStation. And I always loved playing with a yellow lightsaber. So for me, it's like always going to be Ravenclaw when it comes to Harry Potter. And it's always going to be a yellow lightsaber when it comes to my core color. And um, in fact, I actually ordered, um, I, I saw this cool thing like on an Instagram ad. And um, I'm like, I'm, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll order a kyber crystal <laughs> necklace. And I got a yellow kyber crystal nice. necklace that should be here soon. So. Yeah, I'm still waiting for the point where I can drop down to uh, to Galaxy's Edge, just the one in Florida, and uh, go make one. Go, yeah, go go make one in the workshop. That'd be that's that's actually was their best idea for that entire park. <laughs> just let yeah. just let a bunch of thirty year old nerds come and make a make a lightsaber. <laughs> oh yeah, like when when my kids get older. I mean, we've already talked about like for. My wife and I's um, 15th anniversary, we're all going to go back to Disney, which will be our kids' first time at Disney. Like, my daughter will be um, almost nine. She will be nine, actually, and wow. my son will be five by that time, and uh, four or five. And uh, anyways, we're, we're going to do all that and probably, if it's still open, you know, do that. And I know, like, the lightsabers are, like, crazy expensive. I think they're, like, 200 bucks, like, right now to build one. Uh, yeah, I, I, I remember that they, there was something and I don't remember the article, but I do know that they raised the prices on them, which is, uh, which is too bad because they were, they were actually fair. I think they were only 125 bucks when they first started, uh, opened up, mm-hmm. which is still a, a decent sum of money, but in the grand scheme of things, it's, it's not that bad and you get to customize it. You know, you get to sort of make your thing, and it, it's a. It, I think that that personally would would have been a great experience. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, hopefully he enjoys that. All right, so back back in favorite episodes, we went through a few there. Any more that you want to mention? So I talked about the gathering stuff. I talked about the Yoda stuff. Um, the the two or three episodes of um, Qui Gon just popping up. That was just fun. That yeah. was just fun. I mean, like, and of course, like he showed up in like the Yoda arc too, so that was that was fun seeing him, and you know, definitely hearing 
Liam Neeson, you know, reprise his role was was pretty cool too. Um, other episodes that I liked that I can think of, I mean, I'm sure you want to talk about it, but the final four episodes are definitely up there, which we can save that for later if you want to. Um, the um, this is kind of, this is kind of split for me, um, but it was the um, the saw and Stila episode. I think it was like Onderon, like like uh, liberating Onderon or something like that. Mm-hmm. I did not like. If I'm getting the story right, I did not like the first two of the four episodes for that arc. Um, it was just boring to me. I mean, I'm sorry if that's someone's favorite episode or story arc, but like the first two were just kind of like, eh, for me. Um, didn't didn't care for it. But when we got to the back two, where they're kind of hiding in the caves, and they're about to take on the separatists and. Um, I think Ahsoka, yeah, Ahsoka was just kind of like there, just kind of like as a trainer, just kind of like an attache kind of thing. Yeah. And just like seeing how like that, that skirmish played out. I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that. I hated seeing, um, Stila, you know, die, but, um, I really enjoyed the last two of that four part story. So that, that, that was a really memorable one for me. Yeah, for sure. And I, and, you know, I, I kind of wish... I don't know. I kind of wish in a way we would have had a little bit more of old Saul Guerrero, but I think, uh, I think if you really watch that backstory and he progressively comes through several times and he was even in a bad batch episode as well. You can mm-hmm. understand how he is completely insane by the end. <laughs> he yeah, he literally I, I, is a- more machine than man at that point as well. So that doesn't help. I remember watching Rogue One, and I'm like, "Who is this dude? And why? Yeah, why is there a crazy man in a cave? And like, people, and like, I remember asking some people, like, "Oh yeah, it's Saw Gerrera." I'm like, "Cool, yeah, who's Saw Gerrera? <laughs> he has a backstory. <laughs> <laughs> Read a book. No, in this day, you can watch it. I." Apart from that, like I will say, like anything that happened on Dathomir, I loved it. Yeah, I love the Savage Opress um, storyline. I love Dathomir. Again, my first interaction with Dathomir was like pulling all my, all my hair out almost. Whenever <laughs> I played through the Dathomir level on Fallen Order, I friggin' hated that level. Yeah, it was annoying. Every time I went to Dathomir, I was like, I really don't want to be here, but we got to do this type of thing. And um, and seeing like all the the crazy like night sister night sister corpses and stuff on fallen order and then seeing like more of it and i'm like i kind of recognize that a little bit oh i wonder if we're gonna go here i wonder if we're gonna go there and just like getting to learn more because i didn't know any of this right like i'm going in reverse order on this stuff and so i loved seeing like anything that took me back that like like resembled anything fallen order i was like i was all about it i was all about it like sign seal delivered i'm yours baby so, um, now mother, is it Talzin, Tar, Tazin, Tazin, whatever, whatever her, the mother's name was Talzin, mother Talzin. She, she was nuts, man. And then like just seeing her in her final episode where they go to stop this like ritual from happening 
I love that. That yeah. was that was just such a cool episode too. Well, it, it was an interesting take on things because you had you have the Jedi, right, and the Sith, and they they tap into the Force. Then you have the witches of Dathomir who bring like a magic. It's like now everything's kind of magic, and you just don't really get rid of the sisters either. They're they're still they're they still pop up here and there. But um, yeah, very, very interesting stuff there. And uh, really, there there are a couple of there are a couple of big questions that that anything on Dathomir sort of brings up, like like with Darth Maul. If Darth Maul had been potentially found by someone in the Order and brought into the Jedi Order instead of being found and having that anger at not being found, what would have happened with, with, uh, with Maul? You know, Je- Jedi Maul. <laughs> Jedi Knight Maul. <laughs> the only thing, though, is Savage Press. Savage Press is a stupid name. I hate that name. I hate saying it. Uh, anyway, <laughs> interesting character, but just a terrible name. Um, although I, I, I think that uh, I think that one of my all-time favorite Savage moments was when uh, when he and Maul decided to just go up against Sidious and Sidious wrecks them. Dude, dude, <laughs> my wife went nuts. That was that was the episode. I was telling you this. Um, in one of our texts or phone calls or whatever it was, that um, my wife went bonkers over that. Like, she apparently loves watching, like, the Sith, like, take on people, apparently. (laughs) But, yeah, like, woo. Well, generally speaking, when when you get Palpatine in a fight, you know, you have in, in, in Six where he just shoots lightning and then gets thrown over a rail... Uh, mm-hmm. when he kind of goes up against Ray and, and Ben, it's just more lightning, but then I can't get past two crossed lightsabers anymore. Uh, you know, so at least with Yoda, he, he got to do some flippy spins along with Yoda, some aerial acrobatics, but, um, yeah, it, it was kind of, it was kind of cool to see, see just that, that raw power. Um, and that, that was, that was always a, a fun, fun moment for me. I, I, I will say though, that it, it's it's intensely sad, but it was so well done. But the thing, if you say Clone Wars, the immediate thing that always comes to my mind is, unfortunately, uh, Duchess Satine's final episode and Obi-Wan uh, being there. And, you know, he's he's like the only guy in our story who deals with, he loses his master, he loses the woman he loves and would have totally left the Jedi Order if she would have asked him to. He loses his Padawan, who is also more like his brother, you know. So he, he's lost these people that are so pivotal to him, but he continues to do the right thing. And that, that honestly, to me, that's why, that's why I've always loved Obi-Wan and why I think it was, you know, it's just so great. We've got so much of that to kind of show you the kind of person he is. He's not necessarily going to be the most powerful Jedi out there, but he, he always survives. He deals with things and then, you know, he continues to do the right thing, which is, which is rare. It's, it's rare for even Jedi. I mean, we, we see, mm-hmm. we see, um, what was it? Oh, 
now I'm now I'm forgetting uh, names again, but uh, uh, Beerus turning on Ahsoka, you know, and and having her whole sort of dark arc. So th- th- there's there's just a lot, but I, I think um, I'm going to ask you one more quick question about episodes, and then we will talk about the end of season seven. So we've got some of your favorites. What were some either episodes or arcs that you didn't care for? Okay, this one's easy. <laughs> I don't remember the episode, so you're going to have to use your big Star Wars brain to name it for big me. Big Star Wars brain and Google. There you go. <laughs> it was the it was the Kit Fisto versus Grievous story arc. Oh, where they go where they go to his his like little lair. And they fight. Yeah, like in like the in like the high clouded peaks or yeah. whatever it was. Oh my goodness. You have no idea how bored I was watching that storyline. Like, I just can I just get through this? Like I think at one point I seriously considered taking a nap because I was just so over the storyline, but I'm like, I need to get through this so I can at least know what's going on, like with different story points. And I just did I, I had no craps to give about that storyline. Yeah, so that one, if, if I have this right, that one literally was called Lair of Grievous. <laughs> okay. There yeah, because go. he, he, he goes in with his, his former Padawan, the, the Mon Cal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Grievous was one of those characters that I think um, I think could have been really interesting if we weren't look at it, looking at him through the lens of just being a bad guy. You know what I mean? Because, and I am not a, a Grievous lorist. I mean, I, I know a little bit, and, you know, I know that he, you know, was from a basically a clan of fighters, and he's been mechanized, you know, kind of in the same way really Sidious did with, um, with Anakin in, in the same way as a form of control. Um, but, you know, the collection of lightsabers and, and having, you know, some combat there that he can do. And, and he's obviously been effective, but he, he, he is a pretty imposing character because he's not just machine, but at the same token, yes, I, 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 I was never a huge Kit Fisto guy, but that, I mean, you know, give me a little Plo Koon, but you know, a little Kit Fisto, I, I could do with or without personally. <laughs> but here, here's the thing I want to point out because like, um, you know this, Eric knows this, like I, I pay a lot of attention to music a lot. Mm-hmm. And I got to say like the, the track, uh, for, for that particular episode, it was, I think it was Kit Fisto versus Grievous. I think is what it actually called on the soundtrack. It is so well done. The music is just so well done for that particular episode. So yeah. I, I think Again, like this might be someone's favorite story, and that's cool. I'm happy for it. it just wasn't. It, it, I mean, I'm not here to yuck your yum. It just wasn't my thing. But like, list, re-listening to the soundtrack and seeing that track listing, and like that took me back to that episode. And we're like, that's that's really well scored. Yeah. So if you don't like that episode, listen to that that um, motif, that that song, and it might give you a, a different outlook on it. Because I mean, no doubt, it didn't redeem it for me by by any means but there's some enjoyment in some way with that episode <laughs> well it, it, it is interesting how music can sometimes change change a viewpoint on on a lot of different things i mean i i was just watching uh somebody do a stream on uh, some of the new e3 stuff coming through some of the new games yeah. 
and uh, you know one that they weren't very excited for, and they put some derpy music to it, and I laughed my I laughed my tail off. It was hilarious, and it was like a super serious game, but it was funny just because of a little bit of a musical tweak that they put on it. Right. Oh, There's and, a- and also by the way, that particular arc. Um, also included Jar Jar and was called the Bombad Jedi arc. So more than likely, you probably have people that agree with you that that wasn't a very good arc that that episode was involved okay. in. So <laughs> fair, fair enough, fair enough. Old Jar um, I, I, I'll I'll tell you more about my um, my least favorite, my le- my less enjoyable ones at least here in a second. But there's there's a podcast that I listen to, and um, I won't drop the name because I just won't drop the name unless people want to know it. Anyway, um, on there, they, they talk a lot about soundtracks and film scores and things like that. And this particular person is tied to Lucasfilm and LucasArts and a lot of Star Wars-y stuff. And the way that he described the Force theme to me has given me a whole new and a much deeper and more rich appreciation for Star Wars as a whole than any storyline ever could. And that that's mm-hmm. that's probably saying a lot. Yeah. But um, just to kind of like rabbit trail for a second, like the Force theme, like I cannot, I can't tell you how much more I love it now than I did before. And like seeing how it's used now and like what its purpose is now. Ooh, man. Yeah. Man, make a grown man cry if you, if you let it. I'm just saying, like, especially like seeing Ezra Bridger in, Re- in Rebels or seeing Kanan right. and how he experiences things in Rebels and just how all the cast, especially Ahsoka, experience things in the final season as a result of, like, when the Force theme comes on. Yep. Whoa, man. All right. Now that I've said that happy piece, the other p- episodes that kind of sucked for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Zillow Beast and the Zillow Beast Strikes. Oh, not okay. a fan. That was yeah. just like, that was like too on the nose of like Jurassic Park for me in Star Wars. Sure. That makes sense. That makes sense. And with, with Palpatine, you know, trying to control it and, you know, bring it back to core. So I'm like, all right, great. We're doing Jurassic Park 2. We're doing Lost World. Here we go. Yeah. Fantastic. And we will take this mosquito from this amber and recreate it in my, uh, never mind. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that one, that was that was a bit of an oddball. There was um, one other that I wasn't crazy about, and it was this um, Mon Calamari versus other fish people underwater war battle thing. That, yeah, the, the Quarren. Yeah, I didn't like that. <laughs> I, like, that Come was another on, one man. that I was like... That was another one that I was like, I really want to take a nap right now. Yeah, uh, underwater battles in uh, animated series, yeah, underwater battles in general. Like, I- I'm a big James Bond guy, um, but if you watch Thunderball uh, and all the little harpoon things and whatnot, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you could have cut a lot of that out of there. Uh, you know, it's it's the same with playing video games and getting to, like, you know, water temple in Zelda or just, you know, some random water level in, in whatever game you think about a water level in. But, um, yeah, that is a little man. Yeah, it was water war, Gungan attack prisoners. Right. And I think that was it. I think it was just a three parter on that one. 
Yeah, that's right. They brought in like Gungan reinforcements and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. You know what remind you know what it reminded me of like with some of the characters, Street Sharks. Do you remember Street Sharks? <laughs> yeah, I do remember Street Sharks. Yeah, very vividly actually. <laughs> I think that they're getting some sort of remake. I don't know Are if you it's serious. A, yeah, I don't know if it's an animated show or a game, but I know that there there's something that I saw. But anyway, yeah, Street Sharks, good stuff. It doesn't count unless we get um a, a biker mice from Mars oh, reboot. Geez. Or a remake or something. Well, nostalgia is strong. Um, you never know. You never know what they'll put out anymore. I mean, they have Thundercats coming out. Uh, I know. And He-Man. And yeah. I think She-Ra, too. Yeah. Yeah. Nostalgia says darn millennials. So <laughs> so let, let's go ahead and run through. Let's go ahead and run through season seven here. Because obviously sure. it's, it's the end, the cap the cap on this long running series. So first four episodes, bad batch next episodes, Ahsoka and, and the, the, uh, I, I, Martez Martez. Yeah. I forgot it in the, in our episode that me and my brother, uh, you know, the Darth had, had went over to, I was like Martinez. No, 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 no. Mar- I eventually got to it. Martez. I had to think about it, but yeah. So the Martez sisters, when we first meet them, obviously we've re-met them in bad batch and then finally, the the final arc uh, with with Ahsoka and Maul. So, do you, I, I guess the first question is: Do you think that season seven was a satisfying cap to this series? Um, as a as a whole. Well, yeah, I mean, because I, I have I have my thing about it. But yeah, just as a whole, getting that season, do you think it caps off everything nicely? Um, I think the resolution. I think the way that the end, the the the, the series ends, especially like when we get to like the like all the the Cairns and stuff, and like Darth Vader and stuff. I think. I think that's very satisfying. It, it like hit the right emotional tone. I think it was a very satisfying ending, and it moved it moved um, the franchise forward from a narrative perspective. So yes, I think it ended well. I could have probably dealt without the Martez sisters, but based on what I just said a moment ago about the Force theme, it was needed. As much as I didn't like it, it was needed for Ahsoka because the way that the force is working, the force makes things move, makes things go forward. It transforms things. It brings people together and it, it serves a larger purpose. Even if like the characters may annoy us, we may not really give a crap about like the story, the narrative that's going on. The Marta storyline was and Ahsoka storyline was very much needed. Um, but I could have very much dealt with that. It's like this weird like dynamic yeah. with them. And I think like the Bad Batch, it was different. It was different. Um, I'm, I'm, I mean, if I were to give like season seven, I mean, I'm, I would say it was mostly satisfying, but not like a hundred percent satisfying. Yeah, understandable. I, I think for me, you had a movie, which was the final four episodes, which just yes. should have been a movie, um, and then you had like. Like the, <laughs> like more lost missions, 
you know, oh, the Bad Batch. The, yeah, we, we wrote that. No, oh, Ahsoka was on Coruscant for a little while. Yeah, that's the, you know, like a book or something. And then you have this epic, you know, movie. Uh, so it, it, it did, it felt a little disjointed to me, but I, I still, you know, the bad batch was underwhelming because I already knew about it. That's, that's the truth. The, the, um, the, the sisters and Ahsoka kind of helping out and, you know, that was okay. That felt like clone wars, you know, just like a standard clone wars art. Cool. Mm-hmm. But that ending, and then we had talked about it with, you know, the battles between Ahsoka and Maul were mo-capped, so they look amazing. The saber, just the saber combat, combat was, um, it was just, it was just so different from anything else in there, and it, it, it right. looked amazing. And, and, right. you know, even the resolution just leading up to what eventually becomes Order 66, and then we see that through, Ahsoka's eyes and through Rex's eyes, you know, we he, we see her feeling all the death through the force, kind of like Obi-Wan did when, when Alderaan was destroyed. Um, you know, we, we've had those reactions from Yoda and so forth. So, you know, to kind of mm-hmm. see that reaction on the bridge of a, of a ship where literally everyone in there is programmed to kill you is, is crazy tension filled. So mm-hmm. it was, it, for me, I, the, the last four episodes were exactly and precisely everything I needed to end Clone Wars, which is kind of what I would like to have for Rebels, too, which I, I personally, and I'll talk to you about this, too, once you get done with Rebels. But that's always been my biggest gripe, and that's, that's why it was so nice to get this satisfying conclusion to Clone Wars. Right, right. With um, I think I was telling you this, and I'm going to try and say this as delicately more for me than for your audience as, as I can. Um, I the the Martez stuff. It wasn't a bad storyline. It wasn't bad. It was bad for me because of a uh, family member a family member that I have. Yeah, and it was just like too much of like this transference counter transference kind of thing that was going on and i was like i just felt like i was pulled out of it because it just it felt like it hit too close to home with with how a particular family member has acted sure the my my entire life um and how it's impacted our family so it just it reminded me not that the the um not that rafa did exactly but it was just like the vibe just like the the character flaws just like all the things that I don't know, like I, it just pulled me out of it. And I was like, I really don't want to be a part of this right now. I really don't. And oh, oh yeah. I'm I've, sure, I've sure. had those exact same feelings from characters uh, on a wide variety of things. So that that's completely understandable. I, I really like trace. Um, I, she's, she's very much an idealist and yeah. anyway, I, I, I liked it. I mean, I liked, I liked how Ahsoka like was wrestling like with who her new identity is like trying to figure out like her, ide- her new identity. Cause like the time frame was kind of confusing a little bit because it made it seem like she was gone for a while, at least from like the end of episode eight to episode nine. But it seemed like it was only like days compared to 
months or a year or whatever, unless I just wasn't paying attention to an on-screen calendar or something. No, I mean, it, it wasn't like, it wasn't like some large time jump, but I, I've actually never looked that up. So bad, bad host here, but it, it's, it's not like she was gone for literally years or anything like that. A lot of the events happen pretty bang, 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 pretty relatively quick to, to our mind because you, you have her leaving the order. We have this sort of, you know, this line, we have a resolution. Then we have the Ahsoka novel, which is on a different planet. And then we have the events of Rebels and beyond there. So there, there's, there's a fair amount. Um, there's a fair amount of overall story, but it's, all, it's, it's actually all packed into a pretty, pretty compact timeline. But yeah, I get what you mean. It did kind of feel like she was, I've been on the run for one whole week. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and, and this kind of like maybe connects and we don't have to like talk about like the final four right now if you don't want to. But just just a question, because she started out with green, like two green lightsabers and then she ends up with blue ones. And I know that like kyber crystals have like. They're, they're like living sentient type creatures that like are in a relationship with a Jedi and a lightsaber. But is there anything to suggest that because her lightsabers were in the possession of Anakin, that's why they turned blue instead of remaining green? Or is that just not a thing? Yeah, you, you're, you're testing my memory on that because, yeah, they, they were green, they went to blue, and then they went to white. Um, I, it, it didn't have with the, with the possession. Um, you know what, honestly, that's one I'd probably have to get back to you on because I, I'm just not recalling it. And I don't think that that's one that I can look up quick enough in order to, in order to really make a dent in the episode here. Um, I'll get back to you on that, that question a little later. We'll, we'll, I stumped the host, everyone. We'll, we'll, I stumped we'll, the host. We'll, we'll circle back. We'll circle back on that one. <laughs> Don't you worry. I'll 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 either remember it or I will hunt for it and find it. Um, well, the lightsaber that I've seen in Rebels so far, it's a completely different lightsaber. So she had to have done a rebuild well, at some point. Yeah. So for for that one specifically, she buried her old lightsabers, right, and then went down and made new ones. So those were completely different Kyber crystals between the blue and the white. Right. Um, so yeah, I'll get back to you on the, on the green to blue. It's just, it's not popping up. There's too much in these darn things to remind. And plus I have too many fandoms. I like to vaguely remember just about enough with to have casual conversations with people. I like so. it. I like it. I like it. <laughs> oh goodness. Um, so yeah, the, the, the Tano storyline will, will continue, uh, quite a, quite a bit longer. You'll, you'll be, you'll, I think you'll be happy to see, uh, further growth in the, in that particular character. And then there's, well, unless it gets canceled, there is uh, an Ahsoka series as well that will happen eventually. And uh, we'll, you know, possibly, hopefully, hopefully get that resolution to Rebels, that final season of Rebels that they just should have done in the animated style. But, you know, I don't, I yeah. don't, I don't run the studio. It's fine. Um. <laughs> So <laughs> let, let's go ahead and, and start sort of trying to wind down here. So what, what other kind of parting thoughts would, would you like to share for, you know, for your, your Clone Wars first time through? What, what else kind of stands out to you? 
Um, there's some things that I want to say, but I don't know if I if I'd upset your your listener base. Oh, I don't care. <laughs> okay, they'll be fine. <laughs> well, it's one of those just like to, taboo things that you're you're not supposed to talk about. Nah, it's whatever. Just just attack Eric, our friend Eric, on Twitter. He doesn't have a Twitter. Just attack <laughs> him. <on. laughs> um, I I I adored like the final four episodes. I just I adored the mess out of them. Like the the fight scene on Mandalore, the siege of Mandalore was fantastic. Um, and how all that was like that whole storyline was great. And then hearing about, you know, where like I think it was like first episode or two was pre order sixty six. And I think the last one or two were post order sixty six. Mm-hmm. And like seeing seeing like um Ahsoka kind of come back and talk to the council, you know, and have like that final word with Yoda. Like, you know, that we we saw like we saw the flip side of it because we saw like that actual scene play out in Revenge of the Sith. Just without Ahsoka, of course. Yeah. Um, and just and then like she gets on like this um, Jedi transporter, clone transport, whatever it was, and like they give her they try and give her a command, but it's as an advisor, and they promote Rex to commander. And oh, by the way, we're giving you your own division. We're going to call it the three thirty second. It's going to be the Ahsoka troopers. Mm-hmm. And like and then Order sixty six happens, and of course the Force theme plays for like a, a brief second and um, I'm not going to lie. Like I'm going to, I'm going to go into taboo country for a second. So just bear with me, David. This reminds me of Holy week. And what I mean by that is everyone, at least from like the biblical worldview, like when you read about like Palm Sunday, everyone goes bananas over, over Jesus. And then by the end of the week, Kill the dude. And that's it. that was like the same kind of vibe that I was getting about like all this love and this adoration that um, they had for each other, that the clones had for Ahsoka and Ahsoka had for the clones. Yeah. And just like they were willing to like kind of go outside the command structure to do this thing for her, like painting their helmets and yeah. still calling her a commander, even though she's not part of the chain. Like, man, like. I love that. And like, that was like a parallel that I was, I was seeing. And if, if that's not your cup of tea, then cool. Just, you know, ignore what I just said for a second. Yeah. It makes sense but, though. Um, but I was, I was really, really digging that. And I thought that was very, very well done. And just her resolve, like, Oh my goodness. Like her resolve, like I'm not going to kill these people that I love under any circumstance. Like I would rather be killed by them than me kill them. And just seeing how, how she handled that and how much she had grown from like this annoying teeny bopper in season one to this amazing Jedi. She's not a Padawan by any means. She is not a Padawan. Like she is like straight up Jedi Knight. I would call her a master at this point. That's just me. Here you go. Have your own, have your own Padawan, Soka. have your own Padawan. Um, just her development, her arc from season one to, you know, the final moments of season seven were amazing. And like being able to see this OP, Ahsoka from Maul to, you know, the, the burial plot of the 332nd was everything I wanted, everything I wanted. And the score that Kevin Kiner did for victory and death. Brilliant. Just absolutely brilliant. Well done score for the final arc. 
Like the, the entire last four episodes of Score was amazing. Amazing. Yeah, no doubt. But yeah, that, that, I mean, that is an interesting connection. Uh, obviously, the, the clone troops had fought alongside Ahsoka and Anakin for a long while, and they, they did have that respect, and they wanted to show that respect despite her not being with the Order, which, you know, funny enough, the, the Order in this iteration gives you rank. It's, it's almost, is it really deserved? Uh, and we kind of see some of the, some of the stuff with like Anakin and battle tactics and the different tactics between different Jedi. And obviously they're, they're trained, but at the, at the same token, <laughs> what, what gives you the right? Of course, the clones aren't going to ask cause they're, they're, you know, they're programmed. They're, they're programmed. It's like, yeah, that's cool. That's the general and that's the commander. She's she's a she's a pad one. Kill that clone. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh but yeah, no, that it, it is it is an interesting interesting connection. Coincidentally, uh, because I, I'm not a multitasker, but sometimes I can do several things at once. Well done. The uh, green to blue was uh, actually just an Anakin thing. He changed them because uh, theories and theories uh, that he wanted that kind of closeness between master and hmm. apprentice. So yeah, the, the same crystals Anakin was then able to change colors to blue away from the green. And the other one was kind of like a greenish yellow ish, but the, the second sabers that we see later on were uh, different kind of crystals. So there you right. go. Right. I always come back around and circle back around. <laughs> At some point or another. Um, but anyway, I, I just as far, just to continue on very lightly on that saber, the, the, the final scene with Vader picking up Ahsoka's saber and lighting it. Mm-hmm. You know, there are times when I read books and I get really irritated that I, that I don't hear a book through somebody's eyes. Like, there are books out there that I wish were written like four different times, but through different people's perspective. And just to have had like the perspective of like Anakin at times, even when he's Vader uh, dealing with like, even the times when he's dealing with like Dr. Aphra in the comics or just picking up this saber and lighting it and be like, SOB, she just left it here in the snow. I gave this to her. (laughs) Well, it's mine again now. The apprentice lives. (laughs) Oh man! Alrighty. Any other parting shots at the at the Star Wars universe you need to make? You need to load up a few photon 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 torpedoes. Photon torpedoes. Yeah. Whoa! Reel that back in. You you can't expose those expose those Midwestern roots. You know. Quick! Put on a cowboy hat, Chase. Represent Texas. Oh goodness! I need to see you do a roundhouse kick. In jeans and a belt buckle? Preferably. With boots? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Texans. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you attack my fandom, you attack my state. How are we friends? Oh, wait, we're not, right? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Apparently. You just found me on, like, some kind of adult chat room, and oh, you're like, geez. hey, you want to come here for a good time? Oh, no. Oh, terrible. <laughs> Yeah, no, pretty much. Uh, 
No, um, I don't think th- I don't think there's really much else to talk about um, other than what happened to like cool Anakin. Like, why couldn't we have had the Anakin of Clone Wars compared to the Anakin we had in the live action? Because I would much rather have animated Anakin than Hayden Anakin. Did I say that out loud? Yes, I did. Yeah, Attack of the Clones. So it's too sand. There's too much sand. Yeah, here's the thing, though. It was so awkward. It was so... It, w- it was almost unbelievably awkward to the point where it was like, have you guys just been like... You don't have a director. You just kind of do something. Like, yeah, there's a camera. Turn it on. We'll... we'll yeah. Oh, duh. here, have a pair. Let me cut it for you. I don't like sand. Uh, it, 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 it baffles me a bit because, yeah, we definitely have a much more sort of juvenile Anakin. Now, the problem is, is that Clone Wars crosses so much time, so much so that in the last season, like we see Padme pregnant. So it crosses so much time where I guess you could write it off as just being more like, a, uh, yeah, he aged. <laughs> Watch Clone <laughs> Wars. Uh, but yeah, that, it was... Natalie Portman is a great actress, and she was even a great actress before this role. Like, she's been acting for a long time. But to see her... Just to see her reactions in that movie, just it's it's not good. It's not. It's really not good. They were re- so uncomfortable with each other in that movie. It almost I makes you think they, they were dating. They they won gold the golden raspberry for worst couple both times, for attack and for revenge. Figure that one out. I thought it was better in revenge, but I also think that revenge benefited from such excellent choreography that people oftentimes get lost in that, like the battles mm-hmm. and, you know, the final fight between Obi-Wan and Anakin on, on Mustafar and just how amazing that was. But, yeah, that movie took an excellent actress and dropped her down a few pegs, and then, you know, she goes on to still have an amazing career. Right. Thankfully. Right. But I feel like that's that, that was one of those performances that could torpedo a less resilient mm-hmm. actor. Just in general. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. I, so, like, with, you know, now that I'm through Clone Wars, like, I'm definitely interested in, like, you know, keeping it going, of course. I mean, like, as soon as that ended, I think I told you this, we went to a, a Star Wars toy store yeah. not too far from where I live, and then we came home and we watched Revenge, and then the next day we started Rebels. And here we are, we're about a week or so or more removed from it, depending on when you're listening to this. And... uh yeah, we, we were, we're about halfway through season two, so we'll probably be done with the series probably next week. <laughs> yeah, you get through those fast, man. We, I mean, it's, it's our show now. Like, we were in a show hole. And yeah. Like, the, the end of, of Clone Wars for Michelle became, like, our show, and then we just started Rebels together. So it's our show that we watch every night after um, our daughter goes to bed. 
Well, Rebels is certainly uh, certainly one that has a lot of really great moments to it, and I think you guys will appreciate it overall. Resistance is also a show. If you want to watch that, um, I like so I like Re- so so far I like Rebels, and we can have if you want me to come back and talk Rebels, I, I'm happy to do that with you. But I really like seeing the Inquisitors in this again because the second sister right. in Fallen Order. And going to, uh, was it like Fortress Inquisitorious or something like that at the end of the game? Mm-hmm. Um, and getting to see more Inquisitors and then just them just be completely Bravo Alpha. Like in every scene that, they, that they're in, basically, is yeah. just so much fun. And then, of course, that's sending me like on these rabbit trails of wanting to learn more and more and more about Inquisitors and realizing, oh, shoot, these are actual Jedis that were, Jedi that were like tortured and essentially brainwashed a lot like Trilla was as a second sister. Yeah. So, um, and knowing that Jason Isaac, Isaacs, Isaacs was, uh, the grand inquisitor was kind of cool too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And there's actually more about the grand inquisitor in, um, the reboot of the mainline comic. He just, he doesn't, he's one of those that doesn't go away. Hmm. There's, the, there's little patches that continue with him, but he was also a temple guard. Interesting. Probably shouldn't have said that because you're not there, but anyway, you'll It's learn. fine. He was temple guard. It doesn't ruin it for me. It, I mean, I like knowing that stuff. That's cool. <laughs> I like that. Well, before I blab anymore, before you get your rewatch, go ahead and uh, tell all the folks where they can find you social and podcasting and all that stuff wise. I know I've mentioned it before, but uh, go ahead and let them know again. Yeah, yeah, so um, it's okay to like Star Trek and Star Wars, by the way. Um, David does from time to time, and I do from time to time enjoy Star Wars. Um, So if you're interested in a Star Trek podcast, you don't have a Star Trek podcast, um, you know, show that you you, um, imbibe in, then I would um, highly encourage you to check my show out. You can go to trtvpod.com, and there's links to it. There's... um, like current episodes, there's actual links to like Spotify and Google Play and different podcasting platforms, iTunes, um, that you can link directly to and um, listen to us wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. And um, we do our best to put out at least three episodes a month uh, with me having my second child being born soon. That might get thrown out of whack for the time being, uh, but we'll eventually get back to it. And David and I actually... Uh, we try and do a book a month. Um, at least that's kind of been the plan uh, where we talk about Star Trek book um, at least one episode a month. So I think we have we have one um, coming down the pike right now uh, that we'll be working on pretty soon. Uh, Star Trek Wonderlands or Star Trek Discovery Wonderlands, which um, is a book that talks about the one year um, gap, like the little vision quest that um, our main character was on from beginning of the show basically <laughs> the longest year ever that's right but um in all seriousness though if you do um enjoy star trek check us out uh we're on all the socials um facebook instagram and twitter all at trtv pod and um love to love to interact with you love to um have have some of your listeners check out my show i know i try and um tweet and and you know i recommend your show all the time david so you put out some really good um episodes and um you're my number one 
Star Wars podcast, and I'm not just saying that. Like, I, I make a point of listening to your show, so appreciate don't your worry, content. Don't worry, Chase. Checks in the mail. Jeez. Yeah. Thank you, buddy. Thank so you. Warm, so Cash ready. app, Venmo, whatever <laughs> floats your boat. <laughs> no, but yeah, we, we've always had a, a really good time over on These Are the Voyages, and I know when, um, when Discovery ended, uh, that was actually kind of one of those things where we, t- we talked about either in the last episode or in a future episode when we were all able to get back together because there was a bit of a hiatus there. Um, mm-hmm. We were all just kind of like, yeah, just kind of miss uh, talking week to week and you know, just talking about talking about the fandom. And that's, uh, you know, that's something that me and my brother try and keep alive here. Obviously, you know, being brothers where we have to we have to converse. It's like, you know, it's right. it, law. It's the law of Ohio. You have to converse with your brother every so right. often. But your friends, I mean, you can toss them the curb anytime. But uh, that's that's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but it but it, it it is it is good. And then I think we've had some really good uh, good conversations over there too. So yeah, if you like uh, if you like hearing about uh, you know new Star Trek content, I know that a few things, uh, some series are going to be popping up here relatively yeah. soon. Yeah, uh, starting in August, we're going to have. Um, probably close to a half year of like brand new Star Trek content, yeah. like starting August 12th of 2021, uh, we'll be getting, uh, a new season of lower decks. We're probably going to roll into another season of, um, Star Trek discovery, which will probably yeah. be followed by a new season of Star Trek Picard. Um, no idea when Star Trek prodigy is going to drop or even when strange new worlds is going to drop. But like we have, if you're a Star Trek fan, there's a lot of content lot. coming out, and if you are not a new, if you're not a Star Trek fan, now is a great time to hop on board. Easy, easy entry. So, um, anyways, our show—if I didn't say it properly—it's um, these are the voyages. It's a Star Trek podcast, and um, anyways, yeah, a lot of content coming out. And if I could talk to you weekly, I would. <laughs> but like, I know our schedules don't allow it. Yeah. And between me, you, and Eric, that's kind of hard to happen or make happen um, with us being in three states. Soon enough, though, um, Eric will be in Texas. Also, he's moving to San Antonio. Oh, there you go. Very nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to make a trip down for well, a couple reasons. But obviously, one, I'd like to, you know, come around and see everybody now that we're kind of easing up on a lot of things. But that actually jogged something in my memory that I forgot to ask. I know we're kind of at the end here, but yeah. So you 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 you've now kind of dived into a little bit of Star Wars animation. But like, but like Chase, how does Star Wars animation compare to Star Trek animation? Because <laughs> like, what what is that? What has there all been? Uh, there was the original series kind of uh, cartoon thing that I never really watched. Yeah, the, an- the animated series, right? Yeah. I don't. How long did that even last? Because it la- it wasn't like one season, was it? Two seasons. Okay, and then and it's on. It's actually on Paramount Plus. If you want to watch it, I haven't opened that up back up, but yeah, they still charge me five ninety nine a month. Um, and then <laughs> and then Lower Decks uh, is on its second season, and that's a that's a newer one. Uh, so how do you think that like the 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 delineation between like Star Wars animation and Star Trek animation? How do you think that compares or contrasts? I don't, it's, it's kind of like comparing and I'm not trying to be flippant or argumentative, but it's, it's, it's kind of, it's like apples and oranges because y'all have like, y'all, I say y'all like star Wars, you have this, the 3d animation, right? You have like the CGI animation compared to what we presently have, which is the animated 2d old school, like, like 
pen and paper, right, like right. Bugs Bunny type of animation, right? So it's it's apples and oranges. Like I don't know if you can fairly compare that. Now, when Prodigy comes out, let's have that conversation again. Yeah, I, um, I, I guess just from my standpoint, I was thinking more about like content wise because I, w- with with Star Wars, we've used these mediums to tell or advance a lot of backing stories to things that the movies just, you can't cover in the movies. And obviously like Star Trek has a wealth of movie. Like I love several of the Star Trek movies, including Voyage Home, which is my favorite. And then first contact. The whale movie, yeah. Yeah. I love the whale movie and it's probably <laughs> because of stupid reasons, but I still enjoy it. Um, but you know, how, how do you think like just in terms of storytelling? Cause like I said, I've watched lower decks. I have not watched that original kind of thing. And I don't know much about prodigy. I, I haven't really looked into that, but so Pro- I mean, prodigy will be the very first show that I can actually watch with my daughter just because of what we've talked about in the past, uh, yeah. like with the, the mature stuff that we've seen right. in like more of the newer star Trek stuff. But so far I like the star Wars animation more then I like Star Trek animation. Uh, we will see what Lower Decks brings in season two. We'll see what Prodigy brings in their you know first premiere season. Uh, but I, I've I really enjoyed what I've seen through all the Star Wars animation. So like I'm aware of Clone Wars, Bad Batch, and Rebels so far with what I've seen. If there's something somewhere along the line that I've missed, I don't know about it. You need to tell me. Yeah, right. yeah. I mean, th- those those are obviously kind of the main ones now. But you you will have, well, you could watch the Clone Wars movie if you haven't watched that. Okay. You there is also the um, the non-canon Clone Wars series that was just added to Disney Plus. some Russian name. Sorry, I can't remember it off the top of my head. But that's a very short. Very short form. Some of those episodes are literally only a couple of minutes long, but that's Clone Wars. But it's it's not canon anymore. And then the bigger one that is canon is Resistance, which ties into the sequels. But so, yeah. The only reason I know about the cartoon uh, Clone Wars is because, uh, and I, I haven't watched it. I mean, it's it's actually on the legacy descriptor thing. If mm-hmm. you click on like the Star Wars button on Disney Plus, yep. You can see it there, along with Caravan of Courage and some other <laughs> random right. whatever ones. Yeah, um, Ewok movies. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Shout out to Ez, he about, loves those. <laughs> the only reason I knew about the, the cartoon Clone Wars is because one of my favorite and, like, uh, and I might be alone on this, but, like, I actually teared up whenever Cal Kestis got knighted mm. in, in Fallen Order. Yeah. And I just wanted to watch that clip over and over again. And um, as I YouTubed it, I saw this thing where Anakin got knighted. And I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like it was like basically the same speech. And like you saw Yoda like with his lightsaber and he cuts off like the little Padawan rat tail thing. And boom, you're a knight. So, yeah, yeah, I, I knew about it. I haven't watched it. Yeah. And I probably won't watch it, to be completely honest I- with you. I think it's kind of cool to watch, but yeah, it's just not canon. It was an interesting, very short form, and there, there's some cool stuff about it. But wait, um, uh, creator of Samurai Jack. Okay, so it, it very much looks like Samurai Jack animation. That's yes. for sure. Yeah, yep, exactly. I, I think the next 
thing that I'll probably be diving into apart from Reb- finishing Rebels is going to be picking up the um, the Ahsoka book. Yeah, the, you, um, yeah, it's a good book. The um, Obi Wan book, eventually, and then finishing, um, uh, you know, continuing on with like the the High Republic book series. So I'll probably be sticking around with that stuff uh, for the time being. Yeah, a lot a lot of High Republic content still to come. Um, and if, if you, I will also say that if you haven't, I, I'm pretty sure we've talked about this. So I'm pretty sure that you went through Master and Apprentice, right? Loved Master and Apprentice. Okay, great okay. book. Yeah, great that book. Uh, between Master and Apprentice and Dooku Jedi Lost, which are the two, uh, you know, kind of audio, well, Dooku is an audio drama. It is in a book form now, but the, between the two of those, those, those are personal must reads. Um, must reads for me, uh, for sure. But yeah, I, th- I think I think the Ahsoka book is a really good one to pick up. Um, and I always say that if you really want to get into the nitty gritty like the groundswell of what happens after an empire falls, you read Aftermath. Okay. There are three books I in have, that series. I have um, quite a few books over here on my bookshelf that um, I have yet to read. Um, I have the original. <laughs> I have those two. <laughs> just several that I just haven't read yet. <laughs> I mean, I picked a lot up. Um, back in back in the fall, you yeah. know, whenever I was started reading *Heir to the Empire*, and I picked up like that trilogy, and I think *Courtship of Princess Leia* and some okay. other <laughs> yeah. other random ones. That's hilarious. So, um, I, but I eventually do want to buy um, the the *Star Wars* book that I distinctly remember reading for the first time again, um, and like rereading it, even though people say it's trash. And that's the the glove of Darth Vader, oh, the yeah, Zorba yeah. the Hutt, right. Zorba, Zorba the Hut, and um, um. Prince of the Jedi or something like that uh, book yeah. series. So That's anyway, fun. I'll shut up. It, no, it, this good. has been fun. I've really enjoyed this, David. Yeah. I, I like I said, I, I, I always enjoy, you know, podcasting and talking and having the pre conversations and podcast conversations, but yeah, it was, it was good to have you on uh, periodically. We'll have to get you on here and there as, as well, you know, just schedules and time and all that good stuff. <laughs> True story. It's, it's all happening. <laughs> But anyway, man, uh, very happy to have you here. And for all of you listening to this point after, you know, a good good hour and 45 minutes, pretty pretty decent decent for episode, sure. me and the Darth have kind of uh, trailed off a little bit because we haven't had a lot of meat to chomp on too lately with Bad Batch. They're short episodes, man. We just can't talk forever. And our, and our like, 30 minutes of storytelling of our personal lives just don't don't last much longer than that. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> anyway, folks, uh, as you guys know, I'd love to hear from you. If you have any sort of, actually, I'll tell you what, if any of you have any sort of like first series watch through stories like Chase had here today, I think it would be really cool to hear from you. I'd love to talk about them on air. So you can follow us on Facebook, which nothing really happens on Facebook because I don't value Facebook. Um, but <laughs> you can also find us on Twitter. I'm a little bit more active on there, which means I'm not all that active. But it's a better place to get a hold of us. So at TC Plan Podcast, or if you just like to send an email to the show, TC Plan Podcast at gmail.com, and we will read your stories out and, you know, mercilessly beat on your opinions no just kidding we, we, we i always love to hear differing opinions and so forth so those are good places to get a hold of us but aside from that i hope you guys have a great rest of your week and may the force be with you